When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. I don't know too much about the EPL. So we're going to go across to the UK. Our talk sport correspondent is Adam Bridge and he joins us now. How are you doing, Adam? How are you doing? All right. Very well, very well. It's always hard when we when we get a correspondent from the Northern Hemisphere because there's so many teams and we never have time to talk about them all. So I let me guide you and then you guide me back. Arsenal, Arsenal, seven from eight. Massive title contenders now. You'd have to think after a, a 3-1 win over Tottenham and it must have been quite sweet, a, a bit of payback for Tottenham's 3-0 win over them last year, um, denying Arsenal Champions League. Uh, they're rolling, Arsenal. Yeah, it, it was it was a top quality performance overall, wasn't it? I mean, it, it's been a terrific start. I think did everyone expect this from Arsenal? I don't think so. I mean, you could argue, you know, the one the one kind of big team they came up against Manchester United prior to Spurs, they came up a little bit short. Um, the North London derby is always obviously an exceptional encounter, and I mean they bossed it from minute one, didn't they? Um, Antonio Conte, I think everyone thought. He may have Arteta's number, the more experienced coach, the, the greater knowledge. And, and actually, to be fair, some of the form that Tottenham had been in, but actually it was Arsenal's game. And it's early days to say whether they're the real deal or not. But, you know, seven from eight, as you say, I mean, it's the perfect start. And, and it's not just the start. I think it's, it's what we're seeing from Gabriel Jesus, which I think we all thought would happen. But the link up with the likes of Martinelli and, and the rebirth, of Granite Xhaka is just quite extraordinary. He is a guy who was wanted at the club. The fans didn't want him. Nobody wanted him there. He wanted to walk away because of the way he was treated. And now he's walking around as like, like he's God. They absolutely <laughs> adore him because Arteta has just got the very best out of him. Yeah, they're just, they're just flying. And just one point behind them is Man City, and I guess that's no surprise they're towards the lofty heights, but we need to talk about Erling Haaland, uh, 22 years old, <laughs> debut season, 22 years old, 14 goals in eight matches. This is an unearthing of monumental proportions. Well, I, I was privileged enough um, to be at the game against Crystal Palace when he got his first hat-trick of those those three home hat-tricks in a row in, in the Premier League, and I got to interview him afterwards, and I mean, what an extraordinary individual. Not only colossal in his absolute size as he stood next to you, <laughs> but I reeled off a few stats to him. And, and his response was, yeah, my stats are good, aren't they? And he said, but I think assists, assists should count as well because, you know, don't just talk about my goals, talk about my assists. And I think what we saw uh, against Manchester United was we saw all sides of him. I think we also saw how he's becoming a better player under Pep Guardiola in some of his movement, his link-up play, and obviously the finishing is something we've known about for a long time. But, I mean, this guy is going to break every Premier League record 
in existence. I think there is absolutely no doubt about it. If you consider the first one, he's really kind of one of the hefty ones he's broken. Uh, it took Michael Owen 48 games to record three Premier League hat-tricks. Erling Haaland's done it in eight. I mean, that says it all. Is it the perfect match to this this bright prospect who sounds like he's got his head screwed on from just what you've been saying the last couple of minutes with Pep Guardiola, a, a magnificent guider of talent? It, it is. And I think, uh, interestingly, after that Palace game, when I, when I spoke to, to Pep as well, one of the things he said about Erling, because I said, look, you know, I saw you when he came off. You, you know, the excitement. You, you applauded him off the field. In that game <laughs> against Palace, which obviously they were 2-0 down in, Guardiola applauded him off the field and gave him the biggest hug. And I said, what is it about him? He said, his family. He is grounded. You know, he's had the right upbringing. And he said this yesterday. He said, players like him, you know, you find that it's about how they've been brought up and their desire and their hunger comes from their family. He said, and that's the key to his success. Brilliant. We need to talk about Liverpool. They are struggling, I think it's fair to say. Oh. Sitting in ninth, uh, all, I know it's early days, but 11 points adrift at the moment. And the big thing for me was, um, you know, in, in recent history, not many teams put three goals past Liverpool. But Brighton's uh, Leandro Trossard, he did it himself. Yeah, he did. And I mean, and let's be honest, they were two down early. They could have been three or four down before they before they got on the score sheet. Uh, and this has been a story of, of Liverpool's season so far. They're, they are starting games slowly. You know, they went behind early against Napoli and couldn't come back from it. They went behind against Ajax. Uh, they did manage to come back in that game against Newcastle. They went behind early. It is the story of that season so far. They are starting games in a sloppy manner. But not only that, I mean, you've got key individuals who aren't performing. Virgil van Dijk, you know, two seasons ago, everyone said he's the greatest defender ever to walk the earth. I don't hear that from anyone now. I don't think I ever believed it, if I'm honest. But but you see the kind of mistakes he's making and the way he's leaving his team exposed. Most Salah is just nowhere near the most Salah that we know. I mean, how much are they missing Sadio Mane? I mean, it, it, it's unbelievable the, the hold he's left in that team. But I think, you know, the other areas that are a problem, and, and I mean, Klopp says they're not a problem for him. They certainly are for Gareth Southgate in England, and that's Trent Alexander-Arnold, mm. who, you know, as he's growing in age and maturity, still doesn't want to really work on his defensive attributes. And that's being, you know, that's leaving holes for Liverpool in, in the same way that Southgate, therefore, won't trust him for England. But that midfield, we knew this season the midfield was going to be a problem. We felt it needed some attacking flair and someone that could play between the lines and maybe break through. But, but the, the Fabinho's and the Henderson's and the Caters of this world, they're just not protecting that pack forward. It's too easy to get at Liverpool's back four. And teams like Brighton, and we saw Newcastle before, and Napoli, the way they tore them apart in the Champions League, are reaping rewards. And, and this Liverpool team is a shadow of the one that we expected to see this season. I've got a soft spot for Brighton, uh, basically because my best mate from school, he's got a son who's been in the Brighton Academy since he was nine, and he's currently 13. And so I've always got a soft spot for Brighton. I'm, I'm hoping he'll one day rise to the heady heights. But <laughs> they're still in a Champions League spot, um, that point against Liverpool, while Liverpool weren't flash. Um, it, it's good for Brighton. Uh, Roberto De Zerbi, uh, new man at Brighton. You guys... I, th- I feel like you appoint managers with the hardest names to say. Uh, he, he'd be happy. <laughs> he, he'd be happy with his results so far. 
Yeah, I, I think he would. I mean, look, Brighton's an interesting story. I, I was lucky enough in the summer to get get to spend some time uh, with a guy called Dan Ashworth, who worked at West Bromwich Albion for lots of years, then worked for the FA with England. Then he went to Brighton and, and basically he worked as a technical and sporting director to, to set up the infrastructure of the club. And, and certainly West Bromwich Albion, before he turned England around, and the work he's done here with Brighton is now reaping the rewards. My worry for Brighton is how long after he's left, if he's now at Newcastle, will they continue to see the benefit of the work that he's done? Mm. And the secondary part to that is with Graham Potter, who was the other key component in that work to set that football club up. How long will their legacy last before potentially it starts to tail off? And that's my fear with a new manager. Great result on Saturday. Really fantastic performance. And that, that same kind of attitude uh, and application from the players uh, and the structure that they have at the club, how many seasons will it last before it needs reinvigorating is, is the challenge, I think, for Brighton. But listen, if you if uh, your friend's son is in the academy, the way Brighton produce players, there's every chance to get in the first team at some point because oh. they are so good when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah. And just the, the stories, what they do with these young academy blokes with tutors and pick them up to school and take them to training and they play in the exact same strip. And uh, it was a fascinating evening I spent with him when he was down in New Zealand and his son and just seeing his wisdom around football at such a young age, it was it was marvellous to see. I, I did want to talk about Man United. Possibly United City and Liverpool were the three biggest followed teams in New Zealand. Uh, but Man U, now I know they lost 6-3 to City, but I've got a massive Man United fan that works with me and he seems to think Ten Hag is finally getting to show his technique as a manager. What do you, what do you think about United? Uh, I, I think everyone got a little bit, as ever with Manchester United, the the response from fans and journalists and reporters and commentators is always uh, extreme. It, it's never measured, in my perspective. So the opening games of the season, that defeat at Brentford, which was you know a poor, poor performance, there was always going to be time that was required for, for Ten Hag. And I think everyone felt the manner of that defeat and then the way they responded after that against Liverpool and going away to Southampton and getting the win and some of the performances we saw, everyone went, oh, let's turn the corner. It was never going to be that simple. A corner was never going to be turned that easily. And I think what we saw against Man City was a return to, to those issues and problems that he needs to solve. Nobody tell me that Casemiro is not ready to start for Manchester United. Nobody can tell me he is not a better option in that holding midfield role than Scott McTominay or Fred. I mean, it is utterly ludicrous that, that, that anyone would ever believe that that's the case. Because this man was playing Champions League football for Real Madrid. <laughs> he was winning the Champions League with Real Madrid. And now, in people's opinions, Scott McTominay is a better option. But I don't know what's going on with Ten Hag. I agree his work you feel has probably started to pay off but the fact that he, he chooses to leave him out still and also you know comes up with some excuse like oh I didn't put Ronaldo on because I didn't want to embarrass him because everyone was so bad I mean it's true Jeez. what a response <laughs> what a, I you know so I, I think I think he's going to be good for them but this is not a five minute job this is not a one-season turnaround. For Manchester United to become the Manchester United that they were, we're looking at three or four years. Because that club 
And that squad has still got some rotten apples in it. Mm. Last team I wanted to ask you about, now they're the romantic team of recent years in the Premier League is Leicester. Now, 19 played 20, uh, Leicester, Nottingham Forest this morning, New Zealand time, Leicester got the win there. Um, they won the league in 2015 uh, and sat at the top end of the table ever since. What's gone wrong? Why, why are they in the relegation zone? Uh, money. It's, it's as simple as that. Mm. It's down to cash. So, you know, they've got some potential financial fair play restrictions that were heading their way because they have, since the league win, they've invested big. They've invested to try and keep that quality. They've invested to be competitive. They've invested to try and keep getting into Europe and into the Champions League. And unfortunately, it's caught up with them. So the, the sale of the likes of Kasper Schmeichel and, and what, what had to happen eventually with Wesley Fofana has weakened the squad. You know, Danny Ward, the goalkeeper, is no uh, is no Kasper Schmeichel. There's, there's no, you know, he's 34, 35 now. He's not at his peak anymore. So they've not strengthened because of those financial restrictions. Yeah, I just I just enjoyed that season so much. Maybe fall in love with the Premier League all over again in 2015 when they got the win. And like my, the, the finest bit of cotton is Jamie Vardy still there. And that's that's my <laughs> only hope. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, the, the issue they had, I think, as well, um, and it was a big game. It was a big game this morning for you guys, obviously, for, for us tonight here. I think if Brendan had lost tonight, he'd have been on his way. And, and you know what? It wouldn't surprise me the nature of the defeat for Forrest tonight if Steve Cooper's on his way. Because, you know, these chairmen show, show very little mercy. I think they've been very kind to Brendan Rodgers because of what he's achieved over the last few years. One more I wanted to ask you about was uh, West Ham. Um, picked up a win, uh, but they take on Anderlecht in the Europa Conference League this Friday. What do you make of West Ham at the moment? <laughs> What do, you, what do, you, do you want the uh, impartial view or do you want the West Ham fans view, i.e. me? Um, I want you. Tell me you. <laughs> OK. So as a West Ham fan, I was massively relieved with Saturday's result. because We were a little bit better. We're nowhere near the quality we need to show. And, and the problem is, and people say to me, oh, you've had a bad start to the season. I go, listen, do you want to go back a bit further? Do you want to go back to the, like, the last 10 games of last season when we were poor again? <laughs> and I think it's all, as you talk about the whole Conor Leicester thing, there's, there's an evolution that goes on with teams. When you taste a little bit of success, you know, you want more. And the way you get more is you think by buying better players and improving the quality. But it, it's never that simple just to go out and buy five or six players, pop them straight in the team and you, you all of a sudden make everything okay. It doesn't quite work like that. So, I think we're a work in progress. We've had two great seasons. I think we saw some kind of seeds of, of progress on, on Saturday. And Alex coming up. But, you know, the most important game is our league game next weekend. It's, no, it's not Anderlecht on Thursday night. It would be nice to get the three points and get that in the bag. But I think you play the second string on Thursday night. And you, and you just try and get this Premier League form on the move. That, that's the most important thing. To get scoring goals and to get those new players bedded into the team. Up the hammers. Let's go. Come on. 
Come on, you iron, my friend. Come on, you iron. Hey, Adam, awesome chatting to you, buddy. Uh, thanks thanks for coming on over here in New Zealand. And uh, I always watch with sort of rose-tinted glasses when I look at the results or I happen to stumble across a West Ham game. And I think of you and uh, and how you are on the edge of your seat <laughs> cheering a team. I love the passion of Premier League fans. Uh, thanks for coming on today, buddy. Mate, anytime. It's a pleasure. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.